Webb. Thanks for joining us on the Bag Drop. How are you, my friend? Good, Matt. Matt, it's it's uh, it's good to be on the on the show on the pod. <laughs> yeah, you're. Uh, where do we find you today? Are you actually home for a change? I am actually home. I'm in Winter Park. Yep. So I'm actually home for once. So it's been nice. Nice, and and it's uh, what's well, you and your wife. Christy, uh, I think I rem- recall you talking about a couple of dogs as well. Yeah, yep. Addie and Stell, two Weimariners. Yeah, yeah. Weimariners. If I remember, those are what hunting dogs. Yeah, um, yeah, they're German German hunting dogs. So yeah, they're they're a lot of energy, a lot of fun, and kind of a pain sometimes, but they're great dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever take them out on the project? or construction sites with you yeah i mean addy actually um we we got her from a puppy and then we adopted stella um, about three years ago but um addy kind of grew up uh in the excavator i put down a, a blanket and just she'd just sleep in the in the bottom of the excavator when i was working on on projects um out at stream song and then and then even at cabot when we were out there working i brought addy out and put a bed in the dozer and she just sleep in the dozer while I was working. So she's, uh, she, she loves, she loves being in equipment when, when I'm on projects. And so, yeah, that's, that's cool. It's, it's daddy's happy place and their happy place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I actually had to buy Addie a, a safety vest to run around on the job site so other people could see her because she blends into the, into the sand. So <laughs> That was that was my next question. Does Christy yeah. have any concerns about you taking the the fur babies out on the sites? <laughs> no, no, she loves it. Just <laughs> give a chance to wear them out, and they 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 love being out on the golf course and running around. So that's cool. That's cool. Well, thanks for uh, for being on today. I mean, I got a bunch of different topics that I'm curious about. Just kind of a continuation of our our conversation with. With you and a few of you were kind to give a few of our members a, a walk around the new project at the Ten Hole Par Three Course at Forest Dunes. So we're going to want to know quite a bit about that. Um, but you know, for our audience that maybe isn't familiar, you know, just giving a quick rundown on you. I mean, um, you're nearly 20 years in the business by now. Uh, maybe you're over 20 years. Is that about right? Uh, cl- yeah, 17 years, close. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you have your your name on you know, some key places that people might know. Uh, Winter Park Nine being a, a big hit, which we'll talk about. Uh, you know, doing some of the work at Rolling Green Golf Club, uh, William Flynn in Springfield, PA, right. and then years of uh, working for Coring Crenshaw, names that everyone will know, with places like Barn Bogle, Lost Farm, and Stream Song, Cabot Cliffs, uh, the Ridge, and Branson, Missouri. So you've been all over the place, and you know I, I think most people who do know you will will uh, think about your your success in, in the industry. But I'm curious, what what is success to Keith Reb? Like, how do you define success? Um, I would say uh, it's a hard one, but I mean, I I think when when I when I drive past Winter Park and I and it's like 96 degrees out and the place is packed and people are out there still playing golf. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of one of those things where a golf course before that was, was losing money. And now it's packed with people when it's even 96 degrees out. I think, I mean, I guess each person can say different things about success, but I mean, that's a, 
it's just a kind of a cool experience when I drive by and I can see the golf course packed every day. So, um, yeah, the actual utilization of, of your hard work, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just seeing people out there after you finish a project and, and you just see people in the clubhouse talking about how excited they were playing it and, and, and that type of stuff, but just seeing stuff that you've, you've, had a part in and, and building and, and then seeing people enjoy it is, is, I don't know if that's the best way to explain the success, but that's what I, <laughs> it just seems like when you just, uh, yeah, I would say that would be it. Just seeing people cool. enjoying the, the process. So you, you told me a, a story that I, I vaguely remember after maybe my third or fourth round of scotch, uh, it, it was my bachelor party weekend in my defense. Yeah. So I, yeah. I was, uh, you know, Tying one on, as they say, but yeah, um, you, you, building golf courses is somewhat in your blood. Didn't your grandfather maybe build? A, it sounded like a community golf course to me. I can't remember the specifics of it, but am I? Am I? What was yeah. that? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Fockton, South Dakota, is where my grandparents um, lived, and they uh, all the farmers there got together and pooled together money and pulled together resources to, to build a nine hole golf course for, um, their small town that that's still, still there. So it's a lakeside country club out there in Falkton, South Dakota. So that was my, you know, first introduction to golf ever. Um, you know, I, I still, even after being introduced to the game through my grandfather, I never picked up the game. I was never really a golfer. And, um, that was kind of my first introduction to the to the game out there in Falkton, South Dakota. So, and you weren't, you know, so you, you didn't your your path. And I've heard you on a few pods, and you know, obviously just talking to you. You're, it's very atypical on how you got into golf course architecture and in this world. Um, there's probably other pods people can listen to to get that that kind of introduction and road. But one one thing that. Uh, that I left for students with, uh, with after talking to you and walking the course with you is just your, uh, your knack for creativity and, and how that comes into the discipline of your work and your uh, construction and, and how you build. Um, I, I'm curious, where does the creativity come from? You know, when did you first realize that you had that skill set and, and it was going to be applied to uh, equipment and to, to moving dirt? Well, I think it's, you know, when you, when you find the right people to actually, um, let you have the freedom to kind of try things and be creative, like, you know, I mean, with, when, when I was working with landscapes Unlimited, you know, that was a contractor and, you know, there's, you know, really, it was a really kind of like, there's a formula to certain things on what I was doing with them. And then, you know, working with Cora Crenshaw the ability for them to kind of really see that, you know, that I had a, you know, a knack for creativity and kind of would let me kind of do things outside the box and just try things. And, and they kind of really kind of helped me grow in that, um, creativity when it came to golf course architecture and building, because, you know, there's a part of being out there and doing something really neat that might look kind of cool, but then you got to look back and, Hey, is this functional? Does this make sense? Is this playable? Can you maintain it? And those are a lot of things you kind of learn over, over years and years of experience of, of being out there in the field. You know, I mean, it's, it's, this has been a long progress of, of a lot of people teaching me and, and, and mentoring me and, um, having patience with me to where, 
you know, to have the ability to be able to walk with you guys out there on a property, the, the part three course at Forest Dunes and explain to you what we're doing. You know, it, it's taken a long time to, to learn those things. And, and, and it's, it's really humbling to, to have that opportunity to, to, to take what you've learned from all these people and then, and then put it onto a piece of property on your own. And, um, but I mean, to really be clear, it's like, I really would not be where I am and creative without the people giving me the freedom, like Bill and Ben and Dave Axlin and all the people with Core Crenshaw. Um, so that. Yeah. When I, when I kind of think of your story, I, I do, you know, because it was so atypical, I think you were in normal construction, right? You were just working equipment, but you had a landscape architecture degree. No, I, I have no, I have no degree. I didn't go to school. I was doing, um, working full time doing concrete work and then trying to go to community college. And, um, it just wasn't, it wasn't really adding up. I, I, I enjoyed being outside outdoors and not so much sitting in the classroom. So, um, that was kind of when I was, I mean, I was doing concrete flat work, doing like poor in place parking garages and, and, and big, big industrial type, uh, concrete projects. And then, you know, I kind of got a little tired of that and interviewed with that golf course construction company, landscapes Unlimited in Lincoln. And just with the, with that happening and getting hired on the spot is really what kicked off, you know, <laughs> this, this whole journey to, to where I am currently. So, you know, I, I think that's, I know that that was a part of your story that my co-founder Mark and I, we had a lot of time in the car driving around Michigan, scoping out new courses for our golf society. And, and he, he had that impression that, you know, here's a guy who, uh, for lack of a better term is maybe on the outside of an industry. And, you know, currently Keith, you're at the epicenter of it, you know, so that, that journey, um, it sounds like it was a lot of people kind of bringing you into the fold, but was it, you know, all was it was it a rough ride or you know that road from kind of the outside to to where you sit today how would you kind of sum that up well i mean it you know it does it does take a lot of sacrifices um you know i mean i'm typically you know away from home like maybe 275 days a year sometimes um you know i mean my wife is the biggest reason i can do this um you know just with her support and understanding and independence you know i mean for me to be in Sometimes I'm in Japan and, you know, I'm in Australia, you know, we're on totally different time zones. So it just, um, you know, I think that's, that's the one big thing when you have someone that supports you and is your biggest cheerleader and, and understands it's, it's, it's the biggest reason why, you know, I am able to do what I am doing now and, um, and, and have that support and understanding and, and, and it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but, um, you know, I, I, I truly love what I do and I really enjoy it and um, it's a lot of fun, but it does come with a lot of those sacrifices. I mean, you know, when you, you never really know what you kind of never you're always working yourself into unemployment in this industry because <laughs> you're always going to finish the golf course. And then, then you got to know, is there going to be something um, waiting for you on the next project? So there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, so it's. It has its it has its ups and downs in those things. So it's just when you when you can kind of accept the uncertainty, then then it's kind of then it's a right fit. So when when you're home with all what are 
are some certain things that you make sure are part of your schedule when you have this rare time at home like we got we, like we catch you right now what, what are some things that might surprise people of like this is what keith reb is doing non-golf related while you're home uh i mean normally I just kind of walking with my wife and the dogs you know trying to get on morning walks um i bike the dogs um i kind of just you know, a lot of times just kind of uh just unwind and decompress and um that's really kind of about it yeah <laughs> kind of a bore you know kind of a boring a little bit here but it's kind of like you know you just gotta i, I try to be here and and present with my wife and and hang out here as much as i can and try not to try not to um get to get out to winter park too much you know since it's just <laughs> right, right 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 down the road so yeah yeah i'd be there every day if i live yeah, right yeah, down the yeah. road um yeah well, get, speaking of your work and getting to uh, to Forest Dunes, let's uh, let's start there and okay. with with the juicy stuff. So, uh, I heard that the land of Forest Dunes, which is basically surrounded by a state forest up in Roscommon, I heard that it used to be uh, a hangout or a hideout for the mob. Can, can you? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It was the it was the Purple Gang that that ran that whole area. So they basically, they were a Detroit mob, a Jewish mob, and they were based right there. Like they, on that land, they used to have like a big um, kind of horse arena. And they had, that was where the mob went for their summers, where their families all hung out um, there. And I think even the entrance to the place was like protected by me- machine guns just to, <laughs> to make sure no one could get in there. Um, but yeah, the the purple purple gang. I think they got their name because I think one of the people explained to them said that they were so rotten. They were like the purple, the purple of a meat when it was going bad. They were that that awful. <laughs> so they were they were pretty vicious. They ran um, a lot of the the alcohol in that area, and um, I think there's still tunnels underneath some of those areas there. Uh, um, so when yeah. When you were, uh, that's fascinating. So when you were putting in any irrigation, did you turn up any dead bodies? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing like that. I mean, you no. can't tell us where Jimmy Hoffa's buried. None no, of that. but they did search for him there. So, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. They did. Yeah. They actually searched for him there. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, here I'm thinking I'm making yeah. a joke. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. That's a, yeah. well, you, you just, uh, you just finished up, you know, the project a couple weeks ago, so it's probably uh, I shouldn't say finished up. It looked like you guys had seeded a couple weeks back. Is that right? Yep, yep. It's all it's all been hydro seeded. Um, it's growing, um, growing in great right now. Um, looks like they're getting good weather, some good temperatures, and that, that fescue and the bent and everything is just jumping out of the ground. So, um, yeah, like basically 81 days from marking trees to like you know finish and and growing so it's uh it was a fast-paced job and you know it was it was that way because you know the ownership and everyone like that was was set up to go and they were very willing to help and and we had a lot of good support with their with uh with their team so when you're scheduling out days is that did it where did did it come in? Did it come in over time frame, under time frame? I mean, eighty-one seems like a quick way to build a golf course. Yeah, I think when we first when we first said that we'd have we'd try to have everything seated by like September fifteenth, 
And I think we had it seated by like August. I don't, know, I don't know what date exactly, but it was, I think it was like three weeks ahead of schedule from what we first said. Wow. And yeah, so. And what has to go right for that to, to happen? Because it, it seems like that would be unusual. Um, I mean, just uh, you have an owner like Lou Thompson that um, is just there to help says, you know, I fully trust you guys and, and, and whatever you need and, and, and makes it happen. And, and then you have a guy like Mark Lutz, the vice president that, you know, is the, just helped us with all the logistics of things. When, when we asked and we needed something, he made things happen. So I think when you have a team, not just the team of the guys like us on site building, but you have the team of the people there working with you and the superintendents and everybody there, um, it all, that's, that's how it works. No, everyone's working together as a collaboration to, 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 to get the goal across the finish line. So I had the opportunity of, uh, meeting Lou and talking a little bit about his other courses when I was up there. Um, he seems like a really cool guy to do some work for. Uh, so I was curious what, uh, maybe describe, you know, him as, as an owner and, and what it was like, uh, working together with him. I mean, it's honestly, it was almost like working with someone that you've known for, for your whole life, basically, just the way he treats you and brings you in and treats you like family. And I mean, you saw that when you were there, you're sitting across a table from him and he just almost kind of reached over and put his hand on your shoulder and said, Hey, you know, come over and join us and talk to, talk to me, you know, just really welcoming, um, the type of owner that, um, you dream for, you know, those are the, those are the, those are the owners you really like to work for because, they're they're very successful. They they've gotten there because they they know how to see the the talents of people around them and and let those people um, do what they're best at. So, yeah, he did just kind of br- brings people in and and I, I love that he asked our group and we had a wide a range of uh, players and abilities. But he was genuinely interested in how our trip was going and what we thought of the courses and you know what we thought of. Uh, what was what we could see of the uh, the outline of your track in the par three course, and and it was just it seemed like a really genuine guy, and you could, and that kind of bled down to the whole staff there. Yeah, I think that's a way to say genuine. I mean, he is, and and he does care about you know how what what kind of product he is getting there, getting or or providing for for everyone there, and and he keeps on wanting to step it up. So um, you know, it's exciting to see you know the future of what forest dunes will be you know mm-hmm. going forward so yeah yeah uh when you were when you were bidding on that project um what excited you most about it um i would say the sand <laughs> i mean just just, <laughs> yeah. just 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 knowing that it, it sat on a seam of sand is the thing i mean on on these projects and the, one of the biggest reasons that we can move that fast too is is the ability of having sand as as the as the material that you're working with, um, you know, the sand there does have a lot of rocks in it. And that, that was kind of a pain a little bit, but, um, just to know when you don't have to put a lot of extra drainage in, it doesn't run the cost up. You can easily shape it, push it and move it around. Um, and when it comes to the finished work, it just, uh, you know, it just smooths out really nicely. So it's, that was our that was our small contribution from New Club, you know, a handful yeah. of us throwing rocks into the woods for you. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. Like we contributed. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, and, and then too, just um, you know, when when Lou was kind of explaining what what he wanted this course to be, you know, he gave some guidelines. You know, he said, you know, first of all, I want this to be a place where I can bring my grandkids and we can play together. You know, it's the Loop and Forest Dunes are, you know, they're big courses, but, but to have a have a place where I can come out there and 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 let the grandkids just go out and play and and do their own thing and. And then, you know, he said he wanted a place where, you know, you can grab three clubs, kick off your shoes, play with, you know, five, some six, some eights, some ten, I mean, as many people, music, and just kind of go out there and, and, and enjoy and relax and not worry about score and just, just about having fun. So that's, you know, that's when, when you have someone that gives you, <laughs> give you, gives you that as their goals, um, you know, that's, that's when you know that you're working for the right person. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the itching to get back, just looking at it. Um, yeah. you know, the, the design itself, well, before I talk about the design, I, I was curious just for two of your more better known projects, you know, winter park being one, which is community oriented golf experience, you know, integrated in the, uh, the community. And then forest dunes part three being the resort, type playground that you that you just described you know how are the how are those two projects different and how are they similar um i mean you know they're different on the fact that you know when we when we first approached winter park we really had the opportunity to kind of really study you know who was using the course and how it was being used and and, and what things could be better um, you know, at, at Forest Dunes, we didn't have that. We just basically kind of had those guidelines that Lou gave us. Um, you know, they're both sand, so that's you know that's the same. You know, that's the reason why we we're able to move very fast and and be really creative with the with with the contouring. Um, you know, I, I and then I mean, my hope, I guess, for what they'll both be the same is is kind of like a handshake handshake to the game of golf in a way of like being ability for anyone to walk up and and grab a club and and hit the ball and and move it around and and enjoy it and 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 maybe this is where in these places where people can pick up the game and and um you know it's just really cool if someone says you know yeah i i my first game of golf was at winter park and or my first game of golf was at the par three course at forest dunes you know i mean that's you know that's kind of um, you know, I guess that's another thing where you go back to that question earlier about what you say is success. And <laughs> that's kind of one of those things. If you ever hear that, where I learned how to play golf at that course that you worked on, you built, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a, be a neat thing. So, but yeah, I guess I just say is it just, you know, we just really want to, you know, if we can build something f- fun and, and people enjoy and the key parts of, you know, I noticed with those two courses in particular, how they fit their environment and the surrounds, you know, and you talk about winter park being in that community and, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, the forest setting of forest dunes and the hilltop course. Um, how much does that impact your design of the place? I mean, we're always trying to figure out a way to, I mean, when we want, we want someone to walk up to a course and not really know where we started and stopped in some ways, you know, when you, 
I, we had the city streets that we could tie into at Winter Park. So you kind of had each of those quadrants and you kind of tie in those areas where, like, for example, hole number one, hole number nine, just feel like they blends in all together and ties in. Um, you know, we really spend a lot of time, you know, looking at different different holes from different locations, from different angles, from the streets, from, you know, different everywhere to try to get the view to make sure everything looks like it, it fully ties in and there isn't some type of, you know, thing that stands out that looks, you know, unnatural. So um, I think that's, and then at Forest Dunes, you know, just really trying to tie in, tie into the forest floor and, and then tie into each of those holes and make them flow together. So the, is there a difference between designing a short course versus a quote-unquote normal course? Yeah. Uh, well, with the short courses like this or the par three courses, you can get away with being a little bit more, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, crazy with it, with the designs on some of the things. You can get away with a, a pushing the boundaries a little bit, um, and that's what's kind of that's what's fun. I mean, you saw all the holes out there. I mean, you know, there's. There's some holes that kind of push push the limits, um, but in, in that realm of that par three, um, three clubs, it's it's going to be a blast, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems like it's a good way uh, at a short course to get people interested, maybe in in some golf course architecture, or maybe focusing on features and elements of the game that they may not have been introduced to before. Uh, do, do you think some of those principles you mentioned with, with what you have at a short course will, will maybe bleed into other projects versus just being focused on a niche short course? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, when Riley and I are always, you know, we're always thinking of ways the ball can run up and, and giving people the, you know, access to, to run the ball in the ground game. And then also different contours that kicker slopes and backboards and things like that, that kind of help crowd that can kind of be another way of playing it um playing um you know strategically getting to the flag and and just making people think a little bit more you know rather than just having the golf course dictate exactly what you need to do you know hey what about if i grab my putter instead of i grab the wedge and, and i put it up the slope and let it feed to the feed to the flag and then you know buddy your buddy grabs a wedge and you know he he hits it over the green and he's in worst case and you're, you're putting for birdie and he's double bogey. You know I mean? It's just, it's that type of making people think a little bit more and, and, and making them, you know, I mean, we, we, we used a lot of creativity to build it and, you know, we, we want people to use creativity on how they play it too. So there's a couple that, that stick out in my mind now that I'm thinking, uh, you're helping me relive our our walk around the hilltop. Uh, you know the you were shaping the punch bowl, which I believe was nine. Yeah, second to last hole. It's a ten hole course to remind folks. Um, that that looked awesome. Always fun. Who doesn't like a punch bowl? Always kind of a, a nice a gift to have the catcher's mitt there for a ball. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking of, I believe it was three that had an infinity kind of look to it. You can see the loop in the background. Yeah. And it just it just drops off the back of that green into a massive bunker. Is that? Yeah, I mean that's, those. I mean that's yeah, that's kind of the perfect example of that. You know, the the smart shot might be the putter, <laughs> and, right? And, and you know, it's just 
you know, it kind of makes you think. But it's also our shortest hole out there. You know, it's like what fifty-five, maybe fifty to fifty-five yard shot. You know, but it's gonna make you think <laughs> when you get up there. It's not gonna be one that you just think that you're gonna, you know, hold it out on that. So yeah, I, I love that stuff. And and you know, it spurred a, a conversation that went into the evening while we were there. Um, and and you were part of a lot of it you know, hanging out around the fire pits. And uh, I, I kind of had an epiphany thinking about uh, courses like yours and, and even the, the loop that we played the next day to a degree. Um, is just, you know, for a period in my life, I always preferred playing with good players. I, I, I was a college golfer, uh, maintained a low, lower handicap, and, and I kind of preferred to play with folks of similar ability, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what I realized through these discussions is that actually – it's really just it was always the combination of you know me playing a a really difficult or uh, one dimensional golf course with with higher handicappers. It wasn't them or me. It was really just the the contrast. you know, it's almost I almost had this sensation of guilt if we played a course with all these forced carries and they're losing six balls and they're just they're not having a good day and and therefore I'm maybe concerned about their day. you know how can I help them have more fun? how how can I? Uh, you know, always kind of thinking about the the group, if you will, and it and it yeah. always kind of uh, left a weird feeling. And so, w- the more I get, and now I just seek out these places with playability, and and has the same level of intrigue and difficulty, like you're talking about with this 50 yard shot. You know, that that closes the gap between players. And I, I just I'll, pl- I'll play with anybody on a place like that. I'll play with anybody around the loop and have a really fun day. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess there's no question there. I just, what we talked about with you, yeah. it really helped. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, th- I think that is the biggest thing. I mean, you know, that's, that's why I just think what the genius of the loop is too. It is like, you know, you said that, you, you know, you had a few people that were with you and, you know, they played this, you know, multiple shot out of the rough and, and, and they were just enjoying it. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's it. If, if you can't go out to the loop and have have fun golfing, it's just you know I, I think you need to go, <laughs> maybe pick up something else because you're taking the game way too serious. I mean, you just got to go out and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and approach it with a different you know thinking cap on. And but I mean to have that ability to play with you know high handicapper and low handicapper and still enjoy it and laugh and you know that's what I saw in your group when I was. When I rolled up for a few holes there, when I was joined you, it's just everyone was happy. It was the end of the round, and everyone was happy having a blast. And I think if if that's what's happening when you're building golf, I think we're in, we're on a good track. Um, and I and I you know I think that's it is. I mean it it it, it that I think that's why it's kind of hard to to grow this game in some ways because when you're when you are a good golfer, I mean, are you going to invite the high handicapper to your you know, your, your local track that's got all the, you know, the, you know, everything to lose a ton of golf balls on. I mean, that's, we need more places where, you know, it's these community courses like this where we can introduce people to the game and, and then from there they can grow. And I mean, that's what we said with winter park, you know, if this can be the, the golf course that someone learned on and they get excited and then they, want to venture out to stream song and then it's like oh well then you know now i want to go to bandon and then i want to go to cabot and then i want to go to you know australia you know it, it, it's it's how you kind of 
And then they're like, well, now I want to join my local, you know, private club. You know, I mean, that's uh, how are you going to enter people into the game? Are you going to start the first day and go join the the country club? Uh, I don't think I don't know how well that worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. No, it it, it is this um, progressive thing and it has to start somewhere. And and that's a really important moment for for golfers and friends of golfers to be able to do it somewhere that uh, th- they can see you know, the player that's been playing a while also enjoying it, but then they, they feel like they're a part of it. And yeah. in too many, too many places, I think, you know, I've seen friends, heck, I've done it to friends, where I've put them on a, a really a ball buster golf course and, and you, know, you see kind of the life gets sucked out of them. And it's like, well, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't the intention here. And and you get to, you know, I'm glad you brought up Winter Park because I do want to ask you some questions about it. Um, th- there's a lot out there on it. I mean, it was a, uh, I, I, I want to call it a kind of a revolutionary project in, in building, you know, what you guys did for the community uh, in Winter Park. Um, and, and just, you know, when I was out there, my first experience was last winter. Uh, was down for the PGA show, got to play it, and you know my my co-founder who comes from a different walk of life than I do, in especially in the, in the terms of the golf world, uh, you know, being able to explain to him what a lion's mouth bunker is, and then he gets to actually play the lion's mouth bunker, you know, on number uh, was that seven for you guys? Uh, number six, yeah. yeah, number six there with yeah. the train tracks in the background. I mean, is is that its intention? What 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 is the main purpose and reason for for what you guys did at Renner Park? Well, I mean, you know, our first our first goal was just to build something cool for the community at Winter Park. I mean, that was our first goal. I mean, the, we saw people out there playing the course before and and still, you know, it was it was a beautiful setting, you know, but the golf course was it was done, you know. I mean, it was there was nothing the superintendent could do at that point. And 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 the superintendent told me too. He's like, "Keith, if 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 you get if it wasn't for you guys redoing this golf course, like I was I was done here, you know I, I'm I needed to find somewhere else to go because this was just not it, it just could not get any better. It, it you know the irrigation system was so bad that he had to teach the 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 volunteers that were working in the pro shop on how to how to shut the pump station down because you know he couldn't run he couldn't drive from home every day, every time there was a break in the irrigation system, there was, you know, there was no character in the, any of the fairways. I mean, it, you know, people don't realize like how flat winter park court golf course was before we got there. And, and people look at it now. They're like, Oh, well, this is all like how it was. And that place was as, you know, as, as flat as a soccer field or a polo field or whatever you could, it was flat <laughs> and, and the greens had no interest in them. It was choked off by trees that, you know, over the over the time, the city thought, oh, well, I had a few extra trees or something like that and the budget on another project. Oh, we'll put them on the golf course, you know, and mm-hmm. they just kept on choking off more and more of the course. And the greens, I mean, the greens were had roots growing in them like they were actually mowing over the roots of the trees that were in the greens. I mean, it was just it was there was nothing there was nothing coming back from that. And then you also had, um, you know, the, the, the amount of thatch cause that course had been around for a hundred years. So like basically the thatch is like the breakdown of, 
of the when the grass gets cut, it kind of breaks down and turns back into dirt. So there's like almost like six to eight inches of thatch, like heavy kind of soil that had built up over the years. And that that was it still drained drained really well, but it once we got that six to eight inches of, of thatch on off that course, you know, I was stripping back a hundred years of <laughs> breakdown. So it, it, it now just drains, um, you know, really well. So yeah. I don't, and it's, yeah. and it's not a huge plot of land. Like, like you said, it's very little elevation, not a huge plot of land surrounded by the community, by houses, train lines on one side, uh, cemetery right in the middle yeah. of a portion of it. And, I, I guess I'm, I'm sharing that just because in my eyes, I, I did see it and I go, wow, this seems like it was always there. And then I talked to you guys. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what they did was incredible. But but it also I'm saying the, the other things because it, it could be anyone's muni course, you know, maybe, maybe not the bunch of sand under all that thatch, but it could be any local nine hole muni. Um, but it's not. It's very, very special. So I, I, I'm. I'm curious how hard you feel like it was uh, to do and and why we don't see more of it uh, all around in all of our communities. Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, the big reason of the success and uh, on that, it was just bringing everyone's, you know, talents in, into place. You know, we had Blake Conant and, and, you know, with having Riley out there shaping and Don Mahaffey doing the irrigation design and then, you know, other friends, um, that I've worked with that came out to, to do the work out there. Um, and the city's involvement is, is why, you know, we were able to do what we were, <laughs> you know, we were able to do there. I mean, it's just, I, it's always hard to, to explain that, but I, I it's just that, that ability to, for like Riley and I to, we do creative things, but we don't get stuck in our own our own things that we build so we'll you know one of us might build something shake something up and do something and one of us then we'll hand it off to each other and then do a little work so that he might do a little work on something i've worked on and and that kind of like no ego type kind of no like just that freedom of letting someone do something to something that you've worked on is is why i think you know that that job turned out so great, and I think you saw that when you saw that at Forest Dunes too. That you know when you when you got talented people out there and you let them be talent, let them u- utilize their talent, and then everyone sits back and you know you know collaborates on it. It gets it gets better. So yeah, yeah, and it, it's just the the type of place that to, to call it a muni. I mean, I, I you, you know. What, 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 maybe I'll ask this in a slightly different way, but what would you change about municipal golf if you could change one thing around the country? You know, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say this in a way, and this might come across wrong, so don't, no, no one kind of <laughs> shred me on this one, but it's like, it doesn't cost any more to be creative around greens and stuff like that, or that little final detail work, like that extra 10%. Like if, if, if we, if we could just put that extra 10% into some of these municipal golf courses and don't treat them like municipal golf courses. I mean, that was one thing we set out. We're like, you know, we're going to build, you know, the higher caliber, the caliber of, of, of the local private club 
in this municipal golf course. We're never going to treat it just because it's a muni. Oh, we'll just a, it's just nine holes. It's short. You know, let's just push up some greens and, and grass it and move on to the next one. And um, I think that's kind of a way of saying is just, you know, if, if we all kind of just put that extra 10% into that project and take our time and, 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 and think about it a little bit more, I think, I think we can, I don't know. I don't know how to really say no, it. No, I, I think you said it. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I, I was so blown away by in my own experience is that I get home and I see the other immunities we have here in the Midwest and just, they have none of that special attention and love. And, you know, they're trying hard. It's not a matter of the people or even the government to say that it, it didn't work out. But, you know, um, when I saw the, what you guys did with the budget you had and to hear you say that it just doesn't cost more, um, it's, it's like, well, Let's do it. I mean, those are the kind of places that you walk off and you're inspired to to be a part of and to be a part of the game. And it's going to introduce more people to it and, and keep them there. So um, it, it's really, I, I think you guys are, are pioneers on, on that. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the one thing with Winter Park is what we've been really happy with the success of that. It's, it's, it's given other municipalities the ability to have an example where where it's succeeding, rather mm-hmm. than having the the local developer coming to them and say, "Hey, you know, just sell this land to us, and we're going to build a bunch of condos on it, and and then you'll, you know, it it, it fights that kind of uh, you know, narrative now that 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 we've been hearing forever. Golf is dying, and and just build condos you know <laughs> and that's what that's what we just hope winter park is where where at least someone says hey it might not be the same course or it might not be the same area but but what what are some of the things that we can pull from what they've done there and, and let's let's take a second look at this before we just sell it off to and we lose that green space you know i mean i think i heard in another podcast you know someone talking about how like some of these golf courses and and some of these cities are almost like the lungs of the city, you know, I mean, once you lose those green spaces right in the heart of the city, you know, I mean, you're never, you're never going to get that back. You're not going to go. I don't know if there's been a project where someone's, you know, bought up a whole housing area and and then built a golf course. I'm not sure if that's happened, but you're just not going to go back. Once there's houses on it, someone's not going to buy up all the houses and then, tear them down and then build a golf course so <laughs> yeah yeah so well, what's your opinion on that other golf course getting built uh down in south florida for a much higher price tag than <laughs> uh, yeah that one's been an interesting thing um um i don't know i don't really have a very good comment about that i guess other than you know i i really hope that and I think there's the right people in place that are that are looking, taking a second look at it. Um, I, you know, there's been a lot of uh, stuff put out in in the media um, because someone's one of some of the people have come down and, and and looked at Winter Park and saw the you know what the success, and then and they get kind of get confused because they think, oh well, why would you try to build Winter Park in in, in this community and it's not that it's 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 the approach and 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 how we went around 
and went and went about building Winter Park. And, and they just they still don't get it. I, I, that's why I kind of laugh a little bit. Like there's still people trying to figure out how we did Winter Park. And um, they keep on putting their their um, own twist on it. And, um, you know, if they have questions, maybe they should come and talk to us personally rather than uh, putting out actual lies about um, what we've done and, and how we've done things out at uh, Winter Park. It's I guess you can kind of tell I'm a little disappointed on some of the, the things. And I don't know if you've caught on to some of the things that have been going on, but um, there's a. Uh, I've, it's, I think it's the first time I've seen a someone kind of talk down to the Winter Park model and, and kind of kind of discredit it um, for their own gains of trying to prop up their own project. It's uh, kind yeah. of disappointing. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and we don't. I mean, we don't, we don't. We got too many good things to talk about with talking about yeah. that. You yeah. know, and I, and I don't mean I don't mean to bring it up. I I oh, guess no. I I what I bring it up for is that it's a topic that I think about all the time i mean i've almost started to obsess over it a little bit and it's sustainability of golf yeah yeah and and i know yourself and and riley um you know you guys are are leading thinkers in the category because what you were forced to do with winter park and other projects you know working with a smaller team on a leaner budget and and i i know it means something to you i could i picked up on that when we were together that golf course sustainability having you know, maintaining costs and creating something that is lasting is going to be around for a large number of people for a long time. I, I could tell that that means something to you. I'm curious, where does that come from? Like, where did you get that passion for for something like that? And was it just the circumstances that you were put into, or or is it more well, than that? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess in some ways, I kind of think, I guess, kind of now that you say that, I mean, I, I think it was my upbringing too. You know, I mean, we. You know, we we struggled, you know, as a family and, and budgeting and we had to live by a budget. And 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 I've always, you know, if someone gives you the responsibility of of their money that they work for, I you know, I would want to find a way to, to make those savings because that's what we had to do when we were growing up. You know, I mean, it's like it, it, it put those those financial things in mind. So it's like when you approach a, a project, you're like, well, how can we do this without sacrificing quality and 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 not causing a problem but how how can we do this for the best price and 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 how can we utilize the the resources of everyone to to get the best product for the best price and um i think i think you know when when dick young's cap of uh sand hills I, I think he he has this quote where he says you know, more, more golf courses have been ruined with too much money than too little money. Um, I think that one's, I think that, that quote's always stood out to me, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, what, what, what would we, what would have we done to Winter Park if we had another, you know, $2 million to, 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 to do that project? And I, I don't, I don't know where where that money would go to. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, I mean, it's just it's those those type of things that I mean, we you know, this is I, I plan on doing this for a long time. And, and if, if we're not being, you know, good stewards of of the industry, um, then then it's not going to survive. I mean, 
I'm not saying, you know, but, but we have to, we have to be mindful about how things have gotten out of control and we've seen how they've gotten out of control and, and overbuilt and there's been a reset. So it's like, you know, let's learn from those things. And, and it's, uh, you got to think about the future rather than thinking about, you know, making that, putting an extra 10%, 15% in your pocket. <laughs> what's, yeah. What's it, the, yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's what I respect most about you and Riley is that you guys have spoken out on it, and uh, and you know you, you, you it, it's brave because obviously it, it could cut into future uh, payments to you guys for for the work that you do. You know if if the norm is at a certain rate in the industry, but I, I think it's bigger than that, and it's bigger than that for you guys. And uh, just want to thank you for setting that example because we think about it with you know, our growing business of new club and our golf society. And we just want everything to be, to be a fair rate that gets people out playing golf. And so we talk to our partners and our clubs and our resorts and, you know, we want everybody to be happy and, and, you know, be able to provide for their families. But we also just want folks to enjoy this beautiful game because it's, uh, that's what life's about, right. Is being together with the people Mm -hmm. you care about most and and doing something you really want to do together. So, uh, I, I think it's just a great example you guys have been setting. And, uh, honestly, I wish you, t- I, I'd, l- I'd love to get you on a stage more often to talk about it. Cause you guys have lived it and, and you back it up and you, you create really cool experiences. Well, yeah, I, pr- I appreciate that. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, like I said, you know, this has all been, uh, it's just a very exciting journey through, through the, the, you know, the chances and, and the, and the trust that like the city of winter park has given us and, and, um, you know, and, and, and Lou Thompson calling us up and, and, and giving us opportunity to do something neat. You know, I mean, that's that, you know, forest dunes is, 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 is a big deal for us. I mean, that was, you know, it's our, it's our chance to, to show what we can do in a new build and construction and, and another opportunity for people to, to check out what we've done and, and, um, you know, you know, see, see if we, I guess, live up to the hype, I guess, if that makes sense in a way, but it's just, (laughs) it's just another way to, to, you know, I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, when you, when you're out there at Forest Dunes and you you see kind of people walking by in the parking lot and they're looking up at that par three course and, and they, and they can't keep their eyes off of it, you know, type thing, like looking up there and it, it kind of draws you in and I just hope that that's, uh, I just, you know, I hope it's as, as a big a success as, as winter park. Cause I know we, we had a lot of fun building it and, um, it's, um, you know, I look, I look forward to getting back out there <laughs> and checking well, it out playing it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm playing it. And my, my uh, my spidey sense is is correct i think it it's going to be all those things and more and it does it just had the way it sits in between you know your famous neighbors of forest dunes the original and and the loop and the hilltop putting course right next to it uh but it it just draws your attention it's your pull you're pulling in it's the first thing you see um i you know i play this game that's we'll we'll wrap up here and let you get get back to your relaxation uh, on a on a lighter note, uh, I play this game where I like to to you know compare a golf course the day I, I walk off it to like a popular pop song, and uh, I'll start with Winter Park. You know, for me it was uh, Crazy in Love, Beyonce. You know, <laughs> you guys were part of Destiny's Child, doing all the courses with your other uh, yeah. partners and yeah. Bill and Ben. So I, I like uh, Crazy in Love for for Winter Park. 
Um, <laughs> but but MGMT, I, I had consensus of the group. They're like, what do you think that one's going to be? We didn't even play it. And, and my compare, my song for that one is um, uh, Kids by MGMT. Yeah, yeah. Have you, yeah. you ever heard it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it starts with kids laughing and playing. I mean, it, it really does look like a, a playground for all. And, um, you know, the way that one in ten kind of crisscross that was an unbelievable feature that i i saw you guys put yeah, there yeah so, so, a little sidetracked but what how, how'd that conversation go like hey we're gonna have these two holes play right across each yeah. other well it was you know what so when i first got on the property i did a routing and and then um when riley got there then then we walked the routing and then then we tweaked a we tweaked a few things with with the routing and then um we got to the ninth hole where it currently is and then riley's just like man you know we gotta figure out a way to play back to the bar <laughs> you know <laughs> and and that's how it really was it's like we gotta find a way to play back to the bar and it's like well how are we gonna do this and it's like well the old putting green for forest dunes was right there and it's like there we go and there's there's a big tree off to the right and it really frames up i mean when people look on it from like a a top view of it it's when you're on the ground you're like okay this makes sense you know when you look yeah. at it on paper you're like oh well what about people hitting over there well it's it's uh it's just set up for that for that shot and um you know so it's it's just a yeah it's that type of stuff and then going to lou and he's like i love it <laughs> do it you know <laughs> so it's it it looks so cool and i can imagine you know two groups you know as you're teeing off maybe cross each other and walking by each other you know and introducing yeah. each other then seeing yeah. each other at the bar when you get done in an hour and a half i mean that, that's uh it was just a unique and cool feature well it's just you know that having the first tee right off the pavilion and the bar right there i mean you just you're right there and, and you can you know if you're sitting at the bar you can watch people tee off and then watching people play in on 10 green and, and watching the ball roll there. I mean, you're going to have people, just the energy of that whole pavilion area watching. And, you know, guys might say, hey, I'm betting you this round. We're going to play 1 in 10 for the round of drinks next or something like that. And just go and play 1 in 10 and come back in and see who's paying for the tab. Um, just some of those out-of-the-box kind of things. And, you know, it might be, you know, watching – watch everyone's at the pavilion watching a hole in one you know and everyone's cheering at the pavilion and the guy's probably running from 10t and you know? all it's just that type of excitement that um that you're going to kind of hear that energy all the way all, all through the property so yeah i, I know we got I, off on a tangent there but yeah it's no a, that's it's great kinda, uh, and i love riley's comment just that you know what a canadian thing to say we got to get back to the bar uh-huh right he's I mean, he's like just, yeah, he's like, I'd, I'd figure out some way to play back to the bar no matter what or something like that. Is what he <laughs> yeah, so, that's funny. So, that's funny. Well, yeah. last uh, last question for us, since we were talking music, I have noticed a lot of pictures, you know, w- when I see on the construction site, you got the, uh, you'll have the the earpods in listening to, I don't know what, what are you listening to when you're on the dozer? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm... This is one thing that most people in the industry won't realize, but like I'm a big uh, house music fan, so I'm into uh, electronic music, mostly house music. Um, so I've I've got some. Uh, I, I normally have like beats going on in the headphones, so it's 
yeah, something I picked up with living in Chicago for a while and, um, is, a is the, yeah. So it can you be, love it. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a different, different music, but it's, uh, when you're out there shaping and, and it's, uh, it's a good, good backdrop to being creative. <laughs> Well, you, that's what you said too. You say, you know, you guys let your creativity run wild when you build the places, and you want our creativity to go wild when we play it. So, next time I I make my way to Forest Dunes and and jump out onto the under your uh, hilltop part three, I'm gonna throw on some house music and see yeah, uh, yeah, see how we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It would probably put it'd be, probably be a good rhythm for the for the fun you'll have out there. So, <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. So. Well, Riley, thanks, man, for taking the time to uh, to hang with us, and uh, and thanks for all you do. You know, you, you left us with some good thoughts for the game, and yeah. and uh, I know our members will appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, you called me Riley. <laughs> A lot of people do that. <laughs> oh my God, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. As I'm looking at my last question, yeah, jeez, I'm glad you caught it. Jeez, yeah. call yeah, no, 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 it's all good. I mean, for for the longest time. Uh, you know, every time I'd be on conversations with Lou and he'd always be calling me Riley, Riley. And I'm like, and what, well, who, do I correct him or not? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. probably, probably yeah. I, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, Keith, I appreciate it, man. Taking yeah. the time, you shared some really good nuggets with us here and things to think about and, and just more reasons to come up and enjoy your new project at Forest Dunes. Yep. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate um Appreciate the listeners uh, to tune in into this, and um, you know it is it is something that we uh, we're very passionate about, and really enjoy building, and um, you know we really look forward to hearing from from people that have uh, played our courses and 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 given us feedback. So we uh, we know we have a lot to learn still, and and um, we uh, we just uh, want to keep on the right track for for the game of golf. So. Well, Thanks. and if you need, if you need a couple guys to pick up some rocks at the next site, let us know. Yep, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Cheers, Keith. Thanks, Matt.